This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. What's your name? Well, my name is Jim, but most people call me Jim. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey, money fans, I'm Joe's mom's swell neighbor, Doug, and here in the basement, we're all gearing up for tomorrow's big National Techies Day. OG has a bag phone. Joe spent more time than ever playing Pong on the Magnavox game console, and me... Well, I'm about to take out my Floby and create a special haircut for my big night out at the Sizzler. We're clearly taking this prep job seriously, and today we're also helping you take your job seriously because coming down to the basement to talk about being awesome at your job, we welcome from the hit podcast, How to Be Awesome at Your Job, Pete Makatis. In headlines, more from the Equifax fallout, and here's a question, what can people afford for healthcare? We'll talk about a new study on healthcare costs with Kev Coleman from HealthPockets.com. Plus, we'll still find time for your letters, my trivia, the Haven Lifeline, and did I mention my trivia? Yeah, my, my trivia. It's coming up. Stick around. And a lot more. Here they are, two guys who together thought when I said techies, I meant Trekkies Day, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. Oh, we dressed up in this Trekkie stuff for no reason? I did have a bag phone when I was a kid. And you I was were an early adopter. You were like the coolest kid on the street, weren't you? I was at $49 a minute. I was real cool. <laughs> and you used you used it all to call the psychic helpline, didn't you? So you could add on even more even more time. Hey everybody, welcome to the Stacky Benjamin Show. Happy Monday. Glad you're starting your week out with us. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Show Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, it is the other guy, or OG. You got uh, Tech Day tomorrow, Techie Day tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, you got uh, big things planned? Oh, no, it was not on my calendar. So I uh, I didn't take the day off to celebrate. So I will just, maybe I'll buy an iPhone X. You know, you know and there goes another $1,000. And I'll buy you, one for everybody in the family. And you spend $1,000, and you spend $1,000, and you spend $1,000. Well, you know who never takes a day off, OG? M1 Finance, because back in the Stone Age, before M1 Finance, investing your money on your own was a few things. It was intimidating, it was time-consuming, and it was expensive. You had to calculate and input every trade you want to make, and then you got hit with a commission every time you clicked a button. Forget about buying that one stock you wanted with a high share price. Luckily... M1 has completely changed the investing game, and you can now build and own a diversified investment portfolio made up of the stocks and ETFs that you pick, 
or you can create a diversified portfolio based on modern portfolio theory already made for you. So customize as little or as much as your taste desires. You tell M1 what you want to own, M1 automates your plan. It's incredibly easy and intuitive to build your portfolio and customize it. And then it's as easy to manage as a savings account. You deposit or withdraw money. They use intelligent automation and fractional shares to invest every penny in the most efficient way. And guess what? Because you're a fan of the Stacking Benjamin Show, or we're about to make you a fan with this thing, get this. Put in Stacking Benjamins all scrunched together. And you know what you'll find? You'll find that the cost for a year is free. All you're paying for is whatever the internal investments are. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash M, the number one finance. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash M, the number one finance. Be invested. And new sponsor on board, OG. You know our friend Devin Carroll? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Devin. Devin's got a podcast called Big Picture Retirement. And if you're looking for something to listen to on that bike ride home from our house, ditch that Walkman and download the Big Picture Retirement Podcast. Everybody needs to be thinking about retirement, whether you're planning for or living on retirement. There's a lot of things to know, Social Security, Medicare, estate plans, and taxes. But seriously, you can know all that. That's what the Big Picture Retirement Podcast is all about. Two hosts, Devin's a financial planner, John's an attorney specializing in elder law. They have over 30 years experience helping people like you navigate the path to and through retirement. They've seen a lot and learn what works and what doesn't work. Plus, they bring in guests with different experiences and knowledge to round out the show. Here's the deal. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash BPR for a link to the big picture retirement. You know, you start with us, OG. You get your start. And then if you want to go into depth, Devin and John take it from there. We got a lot of things on this year's show that we're going to go into a little depth on. We've got Pete Mikaitis telling you how to be awesome at your job. Have you listened to Pete's show, How to Be Awesome at Your Job? I don't think so. I, I wouldn't really need to take any advice from that. I'm pretty, pretty awesome, awesome already. I'm pretty awesome already. Well, everybody wants to listen to Pete catch up with you because he's doing a top five. It's going to be cool. We haven't done a top five here in a long time. Top five ways to be awesome at your job with Pete Mikaitis. But first, we got some headlines, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. Our first headline comes to us from the New York Times. Ever hear of that publication? That seems like a fly-by-night. Uh, I have heard of a small town in uh, on the coast there called New York, yeah? Yep. Yeah, that's why they call it new, because it is pretty it's new. Brandy, brandy new. It might yeah. as well call it Brandy New York. This is written by Ron Lieber and Stacey Cowley. Equifax CEO Richard Smith, you ready? Here's a shock. He's out after that huge data breach. Chairman and Chief Executive of Equifax Richard F. Smith stepped down on Tuesday in the aftermath of a data breach that exposed the personal information of as many as 143 million people, credit reporting agency said. Does that shock you, OG? does not. I also heard uh, an article over the weekend that uh, people seem to think that they're going to file bankruptcy here pretty soon. Well, and you said it here last week on the podcast that you thought so. Here first. I saw that the Reuters piece, we'll link to that too, Reuters uh, saying that this could probably end in bankruptcy. Equifax said that Paulino Derego Barros Jr., most recently the president of its Asia Pacific region, has been appointed the interim chief executive company said it planned to conduct a search for a new chief executive and would consider candidates from inside and outside the company. By the way, they have password protected that uh, that system. Is it admin, admin, or it password is. one, two, three? It is. It's so, is it too early for jokes about that? If your password on anything is password. Or admin. 
or admin, admin, admin. Yes. So uh, th- that might be question number one. So what's your idea of a good password? <laughs> you could sit down. You, you know, like at the board of, board of directors, you know, you got your nice suit on, you got your briefcase, you got your, your CV, your resume, all like, here's all the cool stuff I've done. And they're like, we really just have one question. What's your internet password currently? <laughs> and if you're like, oh, it's, uh, you know, Buster12, they're like, yeah, you're out. That's their criteria. The thing is, they don't even need to ask that question. They can just get it from the hackers, right? Just buy it from a hacker, probably. Easy, well, yeah. easy to verify at this point. Well, that's point. how they can double check it, yeah. Yeah, after Equifax already gave it away. Now, did the hackers want to pay in Bitcoin or something? Is that kind of what they were doing? <laughs> I don't know. A side thing here, though, you know, I'm sure Richard Smith is doing just fine already, but you never know when your career is going to take a right-hand turn, and this is the time to think about this is why you have your debt paid down, man. You've got your budget in order and you've got your cash reserve in place. Just in case your $20 million a year salary goes away because your company's a piece of crap. Right. That yeah. golden parachute. And as I mentioned, I'm not talking about him, but you know, your job could go away tomorrow and you don't know. Well, that's true. Yes. And that's why you want to be protected by taking care of the small stuff, right? You got to have the pyramid of the, the base of the pyramid built. So many people want to get excited about the really fun stuff like, you know, investing and it's like, but you got to take care of the other things first. And in our second headline today, a new survey out from healthpocket.com says that there's a certain price point. I'm not going to actually even read the title. There's a certain price point that remains the max health insurance premium for most Americans. And from healthpocket.com, we've got Kev Coleman on the line. Kev, how are you, man? I am doing quite well, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thanks. So you you do this survey every year asking people what the maximum out-of-pocket amount is that people can afford. And what's that number? Well, it's $100 or less a month. A little over half of the people that we surveyed across the nation gave that as the answer. And they had options from you know $100, two, three, four, five hundred, or more than five hundred. And one of the interesting things we saw is that this is basically in line with what we've seen for the past three years. That most Americans say that that hundred dollar or less price point is really what they can afford with respect to you know paying for health insurance premiums. And yet at the same time, you're right on top of this, Kev, that that it just keeps prices just keep going up and up. And you know, my Facebook feed is a bunch of my self-employed friends talking about how prices are going up and up and up and rightfully so. Why do you think it stayed at a hundred bucks when that's not anywhere near the truth? You know, I, I think that uh, it reflects people's own budgetary realities. Uh, their own you know, personal financial circumstances as opposed to the market realities. I mean, you've touched on a very good point, Joe, that uh, you know, if you take a look particularly at unsubsidized uh, Affordable Care Act plans, you know, the average bronze premium for a 40-year-old is about $350, $410 for a silver plan, over $500 for a gold plan, and over $600 for a platinum plan. These are rather staggering sums for people who are paying their own way and don't have the benefit of subsidies. Yeah. And so let's talk about that. We've got uh, ACA enrollment time coming up. We also have a lot of companies that have their open enrollment through work. What are some tips that people should remember to maybe get the most out of their health insurance? Absolutely. Let's talk first about the Affordable Care Act. Uh, One of the things that you need to do is look at your local plans. You know, just because you hear some very discouraging uh, news at the national level, that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the case in your region. Just as all politics are local, so is health insurance. Check to see if you qualify for a premium subsidy or an out-of-pocket subsidy. 
Uh, to give you an idea, for in 2017, the people that did get subsidies on healthcare.gov paid an average of about $106 a month. Wow. Uh, if they didn't have those subsidies, that average premium would have been $489. So that's a huge difference it can make if you do, you know, uh, you know, qualify for them. If you don't qualify, make sure you're shopping on and off these exchanges. You know, you can go, you know, to the health insurance sites and find additional plans that may not be listed on the exchange. And you can also look into things like healthcare sharing ministries, which often have lower deductibles and lower monthly premiums. Uh, another thing I would say is make sure you don't shop by premium alone. Out-of-pocket costs could far outweigh premiums depending on your healthcare usage. So make sure you factor that in as well. And I would say lastly, check out a plan's network. You know, a, a low-cost health insurance plan isn't good if it doesn't cover you know, the best you know, hospitals and doctors in your region. You know, health insurance is only as good as the doctors and hospitals that accept it because at the end of the day, it'll be a doctor who cures your cancer and not a health insurance plan. And you don't want to you know, find yourself going out of network for service because then you may find surprise medical bills where you pay 100% of the costs with no cap on annual expenditures and no help from the insurance company. Yeah. Boy, you know what, Kev, as you're talking about this, and all great advice, by the way, I wish there were a website out there that, where I could compare all this stuff. <laughs> you were so kind, Joe. Well, if you go to uh, healthpocket.com, I believe that's the largest health insurance comparison site on the internet. It has everything from Affordable Care Act plans to Medicare Advantage to uh, standalone Medicare Part D plans and short-term health insurance. So uh, you can go there and compare plans for free. Awesome. Kev Coleman from healthpocket.com. Thanks for hanging out with us for a minute. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me, Joe. You have a great day. Thanks again to Kev for dropping by the basement. Not a shock that healthcare is on a lot of people's minds and uh, that's expensive stuff. But I think the big lesson today comes from that. The first... good news is that it's getting cheaper. <laughs> yeah. For any day now, it'll be free. <laughs> any, any day, just click your heels together and say there's no place. <laughs> right. No place like my breath. No place like health insurance. Uh, I think the big lesson today is if uh, you, whether you run a company or you work for the man or you work for yourself, get that cash reserve in order, man. Get that debt paid down. Get your budget taken care of because you never know when life's going to throw you a curveball. Love it. Man, this guy... Pete Mikaitis upstairs getting ready to head down to the basement. He is the star, the host of the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast that always listed in the top podcast on iTunes, currently number 46 in all of business. Pete show profiles people talking about different ways to be great at their job and actually had me on that show recently. Uh, so if you want to listen like to a that, counter cyclical easy. Argument easy it's like this is this is a contrasting episode it's a fantastic show well organized and uh, pete uh, brings a lot of humor to it and he's gonna help us today with a special top five top five ways to be awesome at your job so you can make more money pete mikaitis coming down to the basement And Pete Mikaitis coming down the stairs. How are you, man? Have a seat. Oh, I'm fantastic. Well, it's, it's so fun to be here, and I love what you've done with this basement. Well, thank you very much. We spruced it up just for you. You can smell the Febreze. 
which is... I, I do smell something. I guess that it's Febreze. Thank always you. Always good before we have big guests like you. I want to ask you, you're always talking about great careers, but I want to talk to you about your career. What's the ugliest job you ever had? Oh, ugliest. Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind was when I was a little, I don't know how little, maybe seven-ish, my brother had a paper route and I was the younger brother and he had persuaded me to do just about half of the work. We did it together and he paid me a quarter. It's a smart guy. <laughs> and, and so once I grew up a little bit, I said, like, wait a second. <laughs> I can darn numbers now. And it seems to me, and, and he still wasn't making huge money. He was maybe making $2 per route, which was nuts for, you know, an hour's work. And we're not that old, you know, I'm, I'm 33. So I was like, this doesn't make sense. I, I should be earning almost a dollar as opposed to a quarter. And, and so he tried to rationalize it. Like, well, you know, I, I carry more and I, I fold them faster and, and, and this stuff. And so I think that was pretty suboptimal on that dimension. Long term, though, is that good for him? I mean, I see a short term, Pete, that's good for him. But long term, is your boss, is that good for him or bad for him? For my brother, the boss? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, certainly, I think he'd prefer to have a, you know, a low-cost worker long-term. You know, that'd be ideal for him. And But I guess I, I did step away, you know. Yeah. I, I resigned my, my post. I just, think we're, I just think we're smart enough with shows like yours and with resources out there that uh, sooner or later, these bosses that think they can put one over somebody, that, uh, that they're sadly mistaken. Oh, I think it's really true. And and I, I have a dorky fondness for this TV reality show called Adam Ruins Everything. Right. Uh, and Adam Conover, who's like a, an internet dude from College Humor, uh, had this whole episode about Adam Ruins work. And he talked about how employers really are the ones who lose when employees freely discuss their compensation with one another. Because like, wait, you're getting paid what? And I'm getting paid this? That doesn't make any sense. And, and so employers kind of want you to accept the the salary that you negotiated at the at the outset up front. And they may very well have gotten a total bargain at the time. It's like, well, I'm not saying anything if you're just okay with you. With all the people you've interviewed, is that the most frustrating thing you see is inconsistencies of bosses or is it people not taking control of their career? What's the what's the most frustrating thing you're seeing in the workplace? Oh, well, you know, it's really fascinating in terms of, of the frustrations folks are experiencing. You know, my, my hunch right now, at least with my audience is, you know, there's a lot of sort of ambitious, you know, movers and shakers. And, and so my, my median age is about 33 and, and they're looking for more opportunities to learn and grow and do things, you know, but they, they may not be seeing them, you know, right there in their current workplaces. So that, that's something that has come up a number of times. It's like they're motivated, ambitious, ready to go, but it's like, where to, yeah. Yeah. Where's the next step? So it's kind of foggy out there, as you're saying. Well, it can be certainly, especially maybe in, in smaller organizations or with with businesses that don't do such a great job with, you know, developing and, and grooming their, their talent and, and bringing them into new and bigger areas of responsibility. It can leave folks kind of scratching their heads like, well, I, I don't think there's much for me here. So then how do I navigate out there? Which is funny because this idea of 30 years at one place, I think that's that's gone bye-bye. Yeah, it really has. And, and so and maybe, you know, if there were more fantastic opportunities, then that would be a possibility. Because I think I do see that. I don't have any hard data on this, but I get the impression that when there are organizations with a wide variety of cool, interesting, different roles and a real commitment to to growing people, 
then then folks can stick around. You know, it's like they could scratch, you know, different kinds of itches and, and desires and, and try new things and always be learning and growing. And so, you know, I'm thinking of folks like, you know, GE or Google. It's like there's there's a lot to choose from. And they want folks to learn and grow and, and leverage that knowledge in, in different spots. Well, you've been nice enough to compile for us from all of the people you've had on your show, all the work that you've done in this area, Pete, a list of the top five ways to be awesome at your job. Not sure how we came up with that title, Be Awesome at Your Job. That that kind of <laughs> rings a bell from, I, I don't know where we came up with that. You're too kind. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I thought we'd count these down David Letterman style, if it's all right with you. And uh, we'll, oh, yes. we, we'll just do the top five. How cool is that? Okay, that's good. Oh, so I should start. Oh, oh, now what sequencing do I want to use? Oh, man. Pressure. You know, because I don't know if they're really prioritized, but I do think they're kind of in in sequence in terms of of how it unfolds. So I'm going to go in sequence, but we'll count them down. Okay, so here's what we got, Pete. We got this cheesy British guy who always does our top five segments for us. So we're going to have him uh, interject here. Ready? I'm so ready. Here we go. Number five. Presence. Folks who are awesome at their job, they, they show up alert and aware and, and raring to go each day. What does that mean? I mean, I mean, I understand what it means, I guess, but what does that look like and how do I get it? Because you know people and I know people that have zero presence. And if I'm listening to this and I'm that person, how do I capture that? Well, one thing that's really struck me is how again and again and again, something I do a little segment with each of my guests at the end that I call fast faves, like share with me a favorite book, a favorite quote, a favorite tool, a favorite habit, you know, et cetera, just to kind of get into their lives a little bit and, and learn some cool stuff that, that maybe we should be using to be awesome at our jobs. And in doing that, it is just nuts how again and again and again, you know, these high performing type folks do, you know, some sort of mindfulness practice like meditation, you know, like an app, like calm or headspace, like sort of focusing in on, on their breathing and, and just taking a moment of rest to recollect themselves. And, and it seems to make sense to me that that is a critically needed antidote to this, this universe of massive stimuli and excitement at every tap of the smartphone to be sort of sucking your attention, to have the capacity to you know, intentionally focus that attention where it needs to go. I like that idea because I think that too often we spend our days being reactive, right? We're reactive to the things around us. And you're saying to reset, figure out what my priorities are, and then attack. Absolutely. And you can just sort of get your whole day hijacked by emails and text messages right. and say, well, oh, shucks, well, what did I really do? <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, Courtney McDermott on recently. She's got a great new book called Change Starts Within You. And and she talks about how whenever she's working on a great project, she'll turn her data completely off. And she said, that doesn't stop the phone from ringing. So if somebody has an emergency, like a family member, they still get through. But with data off on my stuff, now I can just focus on the job at hand. Is, is there a resource that somebody's brought to the show that you really like more than any other? Because you said that there's, you know, you ask people that same question. Is there one that you prefer? Well, you know, I myself, there's, there's a couple that I really enjoyed. One is I just have a very simple sand timer, you know, so that I can just sort of flip it over and just look at something low tech. You know, it's not a, a digital countdown. It's not a screen. And just sort of take that in intentional moment to rejuvenate. And in terms of apps, you know, I've really enjoyed Headspace. I like the way I think I find his voice enjoyable and the way that he is. It's almost like conditioning step by step your brain. And so he'll often say, if your mind wants to think 
let it think. And he's like, it's like he's giving me a break <laughs> from the, oh, because focusing on my breathing is so hard. I need to take a break. You know, and so I like the way he's kind of coaching me, you know, step by step through it. Number four. Number four is thinking. You know, folks who are awesome at their job, you know, make the time to carefully think through their decisions up front. It's funny because I was just reading an Albert Einstein quote this morning on that, that if it takes an hour to make a decision, spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and then five minutes deciding what you do about it. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. And and I think it's it's so great to really just check yourself in terms of your assumptions. And, and I've had some guests just bring some powerful questions like, like, what is something that I'm pretending not to know? Like, whoa, that's a, that's a great question. Or, or one of my favorites is to think, what must be true in order for this to be a good move, a good choice? And then how could I test that? How can you get a, a taste or a preview of whether that's true right up front? I think this is especially good advice, Pete, for some hotheads. I know sometimes I you know, if I'm having a bad day and somebody gives me a problem or gives me something, uh, uh, I, I, I tend to just go at it with a flamethrower. And then I realize halfway through that I didn't have all the data. Right. Absolutely. In my experience, I think it's so interesting when it comes to the data is I often think that, oh, if I, if I Google it or if I check the, the Yelp reviews or if I, I make a quick little Excel spreadsheet, you know, that that is, is sufficient. And often the information you need is a phone call away. And, and so my favorite story of this was, you know, when I had a, I had a book coming out and I was trying to get it promoted and I found this resource, which was a magazine for a different radio and, and TV producers. They all get this magazine. I thought, oh, that's great. So they get this and I can be placed an ad in this and then they'll know I'm available for interviews. I'll have so many interviews. People will listen to buy lots of books. And so that was the master plan. And and then I, I thought, well, how is this going to be worth it? It's kind of pricey. I, I made up a bunch of assumptions in Excel. I'm just inventing these numbers. Like, oh, let's say a quarter of a percent of listeners you know, buy something. Where'd that come from, right? I spent the money, didn't get a return. And then some weeks later, someone called me out of the blue and said, oh, hey, Pete, my name is so-and-so. I, I saw your, your advertisement in this publication. And, you know, I was thinking about placing an ad there as well. Did you find that to be worthwhile? And I just like hit myself like, oh, duh, that is what I should have done <laughs> up front. <laughs> That's crazy that you do a little research first. Yeah. 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 Just make the call, call a stranger, see what they think, and it can make all the difference. That's fantastic. Number three. Number three is communication. Folks who are awesome at their job proactively put themselves in the listener's shoes with each bit of communication. I'm surprised that this isn't number one, because for me, there's so many times when I think if I would have just communicated better, communicated more often, that we wouldn't have had, you know, we wouldn't have spent four days on this. We would have spent six minutes. Oh, absolutely. And just that notion of, you know, what are other people's assumptions and how might they differ or vary from yours and just getting really clear on that. And so where are they coming from? You know, what do they really want to, to see, to hear, to know? What action do you want them to take? You know, when does the communication it should go out under what format? So just kind of covering those bases up front can make a world of difference. And it's fascinating when you have a, a complete communication that is, you know, succinct and polished as opposed to just a, oh, I'm harried. I've got too many emails. I'm just trying to get through them all kind of a communication 
that uh, often doesn't resonate nearly as much as it could. I hear this over and over, this topic of communication on your podcast, how to be awesome at your job. And I'm wondering if there's a resource there. If the, Is there a book that you like about better communication, better than another one, or some mantra people use that's uh, better at making sure you're communicating effectively? Oh, boy. Well, there's so many that I might point to. But I think for spoken communication, one of the most game-changing books for me is called Give Your Speech, Change the World. It's by Dr. Nick Morgan. We had him on the show. He was awesome. And so, you know, he really just sort of lays out, you know, what makes a speech effective. And that's kind of his thesis is the only reason to give a speech is in order to, to change the world. People will have different views and perspectives when you're done. And thusly, they'll, they'll take different actions and they'll be enriched. So there are so many gems like taking listeners on a journey from why to how. I used to just skip right to the how because I, I, I like how. Sure. But, but, you know, the why kind of you know engages and, and cements it as well as coming into a speaking environment from a place of passion and authenticity as being kind of the main things you're, you're going for to try to anchor in and, and connect. And uh, just a lot of great stuff from Nick. Number two, productivity. Folks who are awesome at their job recognize that some activities are truly 16 times or more important than others. Oh, so prioritizing your tasks. Yeah, absolutely. And so I imagine you're familiar with the 80-20 rule. (laughs) Right, right. But our listeners might not be. Okay, sure. Well, I will share thusly. You know, this comes from uh, an Italian economist named Vilfredo Pareto, and, and he observed in Italy, that about 80% of the land was owned by about 20% of the people. And he noticed that this relationship of, you know, 80% of the results or the outputs belonging to 20% of the the causes or inputs showed up in in a whole lot of things. And so now the numbers themselves are not, you know, gospel certain in, in all environments, but it is generally true that the majority of results do come from a minority of causes. And so the more that you can really zero in on what matters most, what's going to make the biggest impact, or we had Jay Papazan of the one thing on the show, you know, what is the one thing that by doing it makes every other thing easier or unnecessary? Like, like zeroing in on these kinds of things up front and staying above the fray of, of just busyness and, and doing the next thing can just dramatically leverage your results. If you couple the 80-20 rule with just working more hours, right? Just massive productivity. Does that work? Or at some point, Pete, do you find people are burning the candle too much at both ends and you fizzle out? You know, my take on that is it's possible. You know, it's it's tricky when it comes to, I've, I've done a lot of research on uh, how much work is too much work. And and you know, the studies have shown that it really is right around 35, 40, 45 hours of, of knowledge work in a week. And after that, you know, we often actually see diminishing returns because in our tired state, we communicate poorly. We make a bad decision. We have to, to rework or redo some things. So, it's interesting. I'd say if you happen to have tremendous stamina and drive and motivation and inspiration and you're, you're certain you're focused on great stuff and not redoing it and you're enjoying it, well, well by all means, you know, rock and roll uh, some extra hours. But I think when I think about kind of like investment banker style, you know, crazy, right. you know, 70, 80, 90. Right. Uh, my hunch is you're not showing up at your best to to optimize your your output per hour and you might actually 
produce more good stuff by getting home and, and going to bed. I can't believe it, Pete, but we are at number one. I got some goosebumps. Ooh, number one. You ready for this one? I am ready. Are you? All right. I, well, I'm, maybe I should stretch out first, but uh, <laughs> right, here we go. Number one. Career management. Those who are awesome at their jobs proactively chase what they're after. And by that, you mean I know exactly what my end game is and I structure my career from there? That's right. Yes. And and you don't sort of rely passively or reactively on hoping that opportunities will come to you. It's really about zeroing in on what is it that you want, letting folks know what you want, what you're after, and and trying to to develop the the skills and and the capabilities and, and the resources, all that stuff, so that you are worthy of it. Like what happens a lot of times with promotions is that people are already doing the work of the bigger role and, and position and title uh, before they actually receive the promotion. So so they've chased it. They've proactively gone after it. They've asked questions of their managers like, hey, what's a headache you have? Can I can I take that off your plate? Can I help you with that? You know, they, they get really clear on, on what does winning mean in this organization, what, what truly matters here. And then they invest their energies accordingly to do that. And so it doesn't just sort of come to you. You got to chase it down. I feel good, Pete, because... That was when I was lucky enough to appear on your show, uh, How to Be Awesome at Your Job. This is what, this is exactly, that was my point, is that you can't wait for your manager to be in charge of your career and to be better at what you do. You've got to grab it yourself. So, man, I feel good. Absolutely. But, well, yeah, and that's why, you know, I guess buttering up the audience always works. But in, in all seriousness, <laughs> people who invest their free time, whether they're commuting or exercising or cleaning or cooking, whatever, whatever they're up to and listening to podcasts, and they choose to listen to something like Stacking Benjamins or, or How to Be Awesome at Your Job. I just think that's just a fantastic leg up in terms of you are growing your skills and, and knowledge base so rapidly as compared to those who, who just sort of wait for a, a training day to, to appear on their calendar. I think it makes it more fun, too, because instead of sitting through a boring training, now you're wielding, it might be a bad analogy, but you're wielding the sword. You know, you're the one who's on the attack instead of just waiting for somebody else to do it. Absolutely. And, and I hope the training isn't boring, especially if it's my training. Right. But, uh, <laughs> it can be. It really can be. Yeah, that's awesome. The show is How to Be Awesome at Your Job. You, like I, go uh, several times a week. Tell us about How to Be Awesome at Your Job because awesome podcast about being awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, well the, the core premise, and it used to just sort of be a tagline when I was getting off the ground, like, oh, what's the show about? Well, you know, it's about sharpening the universal skills required for professionals to flourish at work. And then I thought, and then it was so interesting how when I got so many pitches, and, and Joe, I'm, you must get this too. <laughs> it, it's flattering and it's cool, you know, and when people are coming to you, but it's just like, well, that's not relevant. That's also not relevant, nor yeah. is that, because it doesn't fit into sort of that, that key that it's all about. So, you know, these skills we talked about, like presence or thinking or communication or productivity, they're the stuff we, we chat about. And so if I'm, I'm talking with maybe an author or someone who's done really cool things in, in their career or a, a consultant or coach who has deep expertise in, in the matter. That's what we cover. And, and then I just start asking them all the things I really want to know, shamelessly and enthusiastically and unabashedly. Well, what's cool about your show versus ours is that people actually learn something from your show, which is, <laughs> which is absolutely fantastic. And, and you guys are three days a week. 
That's right. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, same. So as soon as you're done listening to Stacking Benjamins, guys, go listen to How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Pete Mikaitis, thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit. Oh, Joe, it was such a blast. And I'm going to enjoy touring the rest of the basement. Hey, trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and in honor of National Techie Day tomorrow, I've completely automated this trivia segment. I wrote a program using this Commodore 64 Joe's mom had stored behind the canned goods. There's a lot of stuff behind the canned goods. Sure, it took all weekend, but boy, was it fun. Okay, here we go. I'm going to give you today's trivia question. Just got to put in a few commands here. Okay, ready? Let's see what it, it gives us. Here we go. The Atari 2600 has been credited with revolutionizing video games. What year was it released? Great question, Commodore 64. I'll be back with the answer and maybe another trivia question right after this. You know, down here in the basement, we only like to partner with companies we're proud to put our name behind. So we're excited to announce our newest sponsor, to the Stacky Benjamin Show, M1 Finance. Recently sat down with Brian Barnes, CEO and founder, and asked him what makes M1 Finance unique. M1 is one of the only automated investing platforms that allows you to customize the portfolio that you invest in. It creates a lot more engagement and fun in investing while still being easy and low cost. Anybody who's tried online investing tools or used to compromises, do you pick a traditional self-directed brokerage that hits you with commissions at every trade or an automated machine makes you hand over the reins? Don't compromise. Scratch out commissions at every turn, take back control of your own portfolio, and take advantage of the uniqueness that's M1 Finance. Takes minutes to sign up. Start by heading over to stackybedjamins.com forward slash M1 Finance. M1 Finance, be invested. Disclaimer, by the way, both Cheryl, my spouse, and I use M1 Finance. It works for us, but you need to do your own homework. Well, after Doug's been sent home, OG sleeping happily in his bed, mom's no podcasting after 9 p.m. rule is in effect. Do you find yourself staring at the ceiling wondering what to do with yourself? Yeah, that was me too. But that all stopped when I found out about the Big Picture Retirement Podcast created by my local Texarkana buddy, Devin Carroll. And I don't want to hear any old guy jokes about me listening to a retirement podcast, okay? Because I've still got time to get on track, especially with the help of Devin and his co-host, John. With 15 years of experience apiece, Devin in financial planning and John in elder law, these guys know what they're talking about. Mom actually invited Devin over the other day and I asked him why he started the podcast. You know, in looking at all of the podcasts that are available out there, I could find all of these podcasts that had these very narrow focus areas, right? So we might could find one that focused on the financial planning, but they weren't necessarily talking about the legal or tax side of the plan. And I've just found that practicing in this area for the last 15, 16 years that you really need that big picture approach. Big picture's right. The Basement can give you all the juicy financial gossip week after week, but if you want a focused podcast on all things retirement where you actually learn something, Social Security, Medicare, estate plans, taxes, you name it, you want to check out the Big Picture Retirement Podcast. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash BPR. That's StackyBenjamins.com forward slash BPR. Welcome back, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and this Commodore 64 is an amazing machine. I just wrote a program teaching it to tell Joe's mom dirty jokes whenever I want, like this one. Okay, Commodore 64, what's a great dirty joke for Joe's mom? 
Oh, Commodore 64, I believe you're going to make me blush. Here we go. How are women and tornadoes alike? They both like when they and take the house with them when they leave. <laughs> oh, Commodore 64, that's a good one. I'm going to share that with Joe's mom in just a second. But first, your trivia answer. The question was this. The Atari 2600 has been credited with revolutionizing video games. What year was it released? If you said 1957, that's so millennial of you. Get over yourself. It was practically yesterday. It was 1977. Nice work for those of you who got it right. Now, I'm headed upstairs to share this motherfucking nerdy joke with Joe's mom. She's going to love it. Not sure she's going to like that. She is uh, not going to appreciate that joke. But this, in other news, I was pretty close. I said 76. Yeah. If it were what? what what's that joke? Uh, horseshoes and hand grenades? Yes. Y- you would have been right there, but you weren't. Both of which I've thrown. I'm sorry. Yeah. Congratulations. Hey, speaking of throwing, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends down there at the Haven Life Insurance Agency are disrupting the life insurance industry by focusing on those two things you value most, OG. Fajitas and guacamole. Oh, that is number three and four. You were right there. It's your family and your time. It's why they created the only affordable term life insurance policy you can purchase entirely online without a medical exam. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to learn more about life insurance the modern way. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. And some exciting news out of Haven Life. Matt Wolf is uh, an actuary over there at uh, Haven Life. You know, the thrilling job of being an actuary, better him than me. I was going to say, that's what I was studying in college before I realized how hard it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, and then, well, I won't go into different majors, but uh, but yeah. Uh, next Wednesday, we just confirm Matt Wolf is going to tell us about how insurances are priced. And by the way, for people that think that that might be a boring topic, you want to tune in for that topic. Because when I found out how life insurances and all kinds of life insurances get priced, OG, my feelings about insurance completely changed and I made different insurance decisions. So Matt, I asked Matt if he would explain some stuff to us and Matt from Haven Life is going to be our guest next Wednesday. Fun. But today, our guest on the Haven Lifeline, we're throwing out the lifeline to Jayoon. Say hello, Jayoon. Hello, Joe. I got to know you through the uh, uh, How to Become a Summit job with, uh, I think it's Pit Podcast. So I really enjoy you and Pit Conversation. Thanks for your contribution. I have a question regarding your courses. I looked through the uh, uh, catalog and your course is very intriguing. Now, my question is, is this course really only apply to people in U.S. because I am Canada? So I was wondering I, if this course is only for people in U.S. Thank you and have a great day. Great question, Jayun. Isn't it funny? Jayun heard me from when I was on Pete's show. Pete's on our show today. So that's the circle of life right there, OG. Little Lion King action. I will answer this one because uh, Kathleen creates all of our awesome courses. If you go to stackybenjamins.com, you'll see what Jayun is talking about. It depends on the course. We currently have two courses: How to Legally Cheat on Your Taxes, that is about the U.S. tax system, 
And if you're getting, uh, if you're somebody that either number one just wants to know how taxes work, so now while you're setting up for next year's taxes, you do a better job. Because I think the more you know, the more you realize it's not about filling out that form. It's about making sure you set things up ahead of time in a way that you can fill out that form with a lot of uh, tax breaks. But also, if you are filling out the form in the next two weeks because you procrastinated, that's also for you. That one is Jayun US based. The other one, though, learning how to save half your income. And how great is it if you try to save half your income and you fail by only getting to, let's say, 40%? How great would that be? That's for anybody. So if you just go to stackingbenjamins.com, scroll down below the listen lifeline shop now and every Thursday interaction buttons, you'll see the how to legally cheat on your taxes and how to save half your income. So one is US that's uh, legally cheat on your taxes. The other one isn't. Thanks for that question. If you'd like us to throw out the lifeline to you, maybe not about our courses, about any money question you might have, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail or if you just scroll down, you see call, you can click on the lifeline. It'll take you right to that spot. So you can also call it the lifeline. And by the way, Jay Un is going to get a uh, lifeline t-shirt, the greatest money show on earth, Stacking Benjamins and Haven Lifeline. Thanks to Haven Life for co-sponsoring that giveaway. We also get letters down here in the basement and the new one comes from Wiggles. Wiggles says, hey guys. I want to clear up something regarding an excuse people have for not saving into a 529 plan. The reason that if I save too much and can't use it for qualified expenses, remember this one, if I save too much money, then I have to rip it out. Uh, Wiggle says, I'll have to pay the IRS a 10% penalty on earnings. And he says, so what? Ignoring the fact that people should take care of retirement before college, they're probably just spending it if they're not saving it anyway. But let's say you do save $493 a month for 18 years. That's $100,000 in contributions. At a 6% average return, you'd earn $77,000. We'll assume a 25% tax bracket plus the 529 penalty on that $77,000. If you just withdrew the money, you'd be left with $150,000. You do a normal IRA, you pay 25% tax on the entire balance, you'd be left with just $133,000. And if you just invested in a brokerage account, you pay 15% on the earnings and be left with 166,000. Call me crazy, but I'll forego that loss 16,000. There's a chance I'll need every bit of that 529 balance for my kid's college. Am I missing something here? So OG is uh, Wiggles missing something. The penalty Wiggles says not as bad as some people make it out to be. No, I, uh, I'm not gonna double check the math. I'm assuming that, that he did a good job there, but I agree with that. This thing that I agree most with, with what he said there is most of the time, if you're not saving it, you're spending it. So saving it and having to pay a little bit back because of taxes or penalties or whatever the case may be is still saving it. Right. (laughs) You know, so yeah, it's like people that use the excuse that my 401k funds are too expensive, so I don't want to invest in them. It's like, well, no, they, they suck. Okay, that's fine. But you're still saving the money and you're still getting a match. And, you know, it's just not as good as your neighbor, perhaps, but it's still awesome. And that's what I think he's talking about here is that, yeah, you know, you can be really super efficient with the money. You can make sure that you've got all of your retirement stuff taken care of. You can make sure that your brokerage account's taken care of. You can optimize your 529 exactly perfectly and last dollar on the last kid's tuition payment, you know, right as they graduate with their diploma, you know, the balance hits zero. But life doesn't work out that way. And so I wouldn't be scared of having to pay a 10% penalty. Plus, 
frankly, if you set it up for that, for it to be college, then in theory, you're using that out of your, it's out of your mind for access to other goals, right? So let's say that you do have 10 grand left over. Why wouldn't you just leave that for your grandkids or a niece or nephew? That's what I was going to say. It's, it's like we talked about in the letters episode last week. The last letter we took was a gentleman who was setting up, uh, you know, an educational fund for family and friends and able to roll that from family member to family member is a powerful thing. Yeah, I don't see any risk to having too much money in a 529, except at the expense of having too little money in your retirement. Well, and to Wiggle's point, I never saw that. As the problem. I mean, oh, no, I never said the problem was people didn't save. I never I never once experienced. Oh, man, I put too much money away for college. It's in the wrong place. I uh, I've been doing this almost 20 years and I've I don't know that I've ever had a client finish college and go. Now, what do I do with the 80 grand left in my 529? <laughs> it's usually like, all right, well, I guess we'll cash flow the last year and a half. We'll figure it out. Yeah, right. Figure it out. Maybe take a loan. It's uh Wiggle said they, uh, he also seconds Seth from KC's comments on Kansas City Barbecue mm, about how good Kansas City Barbecue is. Uh, but I think Seth said that it's way better than Texas Barbecue, which I think was fighting words, if I remember that. I don't. It's, I mean, he can Correct. fight all he wants. It's just inaccurate. Well, well, the bigger thing for me is just barbecue's barbecue. We can all learn to be friends because I'll go taste test it. I will say it's not as good, but I'm still going to taste test it and I'm going to flip and love it. Which is still good. Yeah. Yeah. And a meetup next time you're visiting our humble town, because my daughter moved to Kansas City. Uh, Wiggle said that uh, they'll buy the first beer. How about that? Okay. It's fantastic. I like that. Uh, I'm headed there as soon as we get done taping. Doesn't uh, doesn't help with the other 11 that we have to order, but. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got to buy the other 11 on my own. It's okay, Wiggles. Just volunteer for the first one. Uh, thanks, for the, thanks for the question. If you'd like uh, to also write us a letter. We'll answer it on the show. Head to stackingbenjamins.com. You'll see questions in a big font right at the top of the website. Click on that and you can have us throw out the Haven Lifeline to you or you can write us a letter to the show. Also, thanks to everyone who's left a review of this podcast. You know, it's fantastic when I hear that somebody heard about us from a friend or they heard about us like Jayun did from my appearance on another show. But it's also very exciting when somebody tells me that they read the reviews of the show and they kind of knew what they were getting into. Uh, this five-star review is from Nick the Greek 69. Hello, man. Who names their kid Nick the Greek 69? Hello, OG. Mama didn't love somebody very much. I guess not. Stacking Benjamins is a favorite of mine. Where else can you go on this interweb thing, learn absolutely nothing, and not have to watch cats doing silly things? Average Joe and OG provide great entertainment and the best treatment for insomnia I have found. Isn't that great? We're insomnia treatment now. Luckily, luckily, they have Doug doing the trivia, even though most of it belongs on a Bazooka Joe comic strip. That is true. Information that's easy to, to digest and entertaining. Three times a week, I jump out of bed, grab this newfangled radio, and kiss call a cell phone, and thank my lucky stars I made it out of my mom's basement before my 50th birthday. Somebody making fun of me that I'm almost 50 and not out of mom's basement. Congrats on all the awards. They're well-deserved. Keep on teaching me nothing. That's so awesome. Nick the Greek, 69, hello. Thank you very much. See, very creative people listen to the Stacking Benjamin Show, so thanks a lot for that. Lastly, if you need help in your corner with your financial plan, OG's taking clients, and you know what that means? To get on his calendar, if you think you need help, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash letter O, 
letter G, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG. That'll lead you to his calendar and a consultation where you'll talk about your financial plan and uh, plugging OG into that plan. Hey, coming up Wednesday, New York Times bestselling author Gretchen Rubin coming back to the basement. How about that? Four books. And now here's what's funny about that. I'm sure there's no coincidence. Gretchen Rubin coming on for the third time. New York Times bestseller again. Just saying. Might have something to do with. There's a correlation. With it. Yeah. And if you work with other people or you have to interface with other people, that's how you make money, right? They talk about how it's communication. She has a new book out called The Four Tendencies. We're going to talk to her about how she's divided the world into four different types of people. And what's funny is. I thought, yeah, 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 this is another way of just, you know, dissecting the world. I totally now totally think Gretchen got this right because ever since I read The Four Tendencies, I I look at the world as these four types of people. And it definitely helps you communicate. It's not something that's a big, you know, you got to sit and analyze forever. You just go, oh, yeah, oh, geez, a rebel. So I got to talk to him this way. And definitely, if, if, you know, sure. if you know anything about communication – you speak of people on their terms, you're more likely to get ahead than if you just speak to them on your terms. So Gretchen Rubin going to talk about that on uh, Wednesday. All right, everybody, go stack some Benjamins. Mr. Doug, it's all yours now. Take it away. Before I get to what they probably could have learned if they were able to pay attention to what you and OG and your guests were babbling on and on and on about, I'll give them some real useful information. Here you go, folks. If you ever have a computer problem in your office, Go find the guy with the most action figures in his cubicle. Sure, he's going to scoff at you when you ask him the question, but sure as shit, that guy's going to fix your problem. Okay, what did we actually learn today? First, just like an Equifax president, you never are sure when bad things can happen in your life. So build your emergency fund and pay down debt and maybe freeze your credit. Second, take some advice from Pete Makedis. The best way to be awesome at your job and make more money is to take control personally. Don't wait for your boss to tell you what you need to do next. Own your own career, you deadbeat. But the big lesson, don't tell Joe's mom's dirty jokes from your Commodore 64. Or there, quote, won't be a Commodore 64 anymore, Doug. And you'll also find out what soap tastes like. Goodbye, old Commodore friend. It was great while it lasted. Special thanks to Pete Makedis for stopping by the basement. You'll find out more about the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast wherever you listen to Stacking Benjamins. We'll also have a link in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks also to Kev Coleman from Health Pockets. You'll find a link to Health Pockets in our show notes where, you bet your ass, stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjaminsCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I swear the worst part about coming over to Joe's mom's house is having to put on pants. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. 
There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Hey, how come I always have to say the amazing Steve Stewart? That Richie kid's pretty cool, and we don't add any adjectives before his name. What about me? How come I'm never the incomparable neighbor Doug, or the unimaginably cool neighbor Doug, or even the unfathomably intelligent neighbor Doug? This place sucks. I feel like I'm on a roll because we're going to do another movie review today like we did last Wednesday. I like it. There's a couple out right now that I want to go see, so I'm kind of curious as to uh, what you're watching lately. You know John Corbett? Not personally. No, you know who he is? Nope. John Corbett was the guy, the second I tell you who he was, he was in My Greek Wedding. He was the boyfriend, but he was also on Sex and the City. Alaska. What's the Alaska one too? From a long time ago. All right. Anyway, yeah, you know who John Corbett is. Uh, John Corbett stars in this movie that came out a couple weeks ago called All Saints. Dear friends in Christ, the Reverend Michael Spurlock. Me before I'm Michael. You're here to sell the church, ain't you? The fact is, we had 12 people in that church today. Jesus had 12 people. He done all right, didn't he? A new pastor's first assignment to close a struggling church. Michael, you're not here to perform CPR. If passing out a few flyers helps my congregation feel they can let the church go, I'm going to do it. Refugees searching to find a new home. We have 15 new family, not enough food for their children. Well, here's the thing, Yee Win. We're closing the church. We're broke. Well, what is broke? Together, they'll risk it all for hope. We had a garden, very good ground and all things. What do you think will happen to them when we leave? Let's keep them in our prayers and ask for God's help. Aren't you God's help? It's a good question. He's the pastor of the church. Isn't he God's help? This movie, All Saints, came out at uh, theaters nationwide just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Like I said, it stars John Corbett and a host of people that you've seen before. It's a true story about a pastor in a church in Tennessee where he's sent there to close the church. Just after he gets there, a bunch of refugees from Southeast Asia show up and they've got nowhere else to go. And he decides that instead of trying to close the church, he's going to try to marry these two things and keep it open. And obviously the church is against it because they have a huge mortgage on the church. The people are really, are these refugees are struggling and the people in the church are struggling to assimilate these, these people. You know, what was funny about this was that I went in kind of with my eyes closed. I'd never really heard of it. I just saw it had a decent uh, Rotten Tomato score. There was nothing else really on at the theater that I wanted to see at that time. So I went and saw it. I thought it was fantastic. It was just, it was a heartwarming family movie. I will tell you this. Somebody made fun of me 
and said that they thought it was like a Hallmark movie. Uh, this totally is like a Hallmark Channel movie. <laughs> so, so it sounds like it. The music makes it sound like it's on USA or something too. Yeah. So if you're not if if you're not looking for a Hallmark movie, it's not going to be good. But if you like like McFarlane as an example, that movie about the cross country team starring Kevin Costner. If you like that movie, if you like the movie that I talked about called Greater, which was a story about an Arkansas, a true story about an Arkansas Razorback, fantastic player who uh, passed away. Uh, that movie, fantastic family movie, thought it was great. This is a very similar movie in spirit to those movies. So I think if you're looking for a good family movie, it's fantastic. But if, if you're looking for any type of action or um you know how many how many tanks are in this movie that's what i want to know zero and fighter jets zero how about superheroes with like really crazy like laser beams if it's a pastor at a church that they're closing who's the superhero then there is one otherwise huh it's fantastic how about how about a pastor's son you got that his spouse that he is kind of fighting with a little bit sometimes during the movie how about that little tension? No? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you still talking about this? I think you're still going to like it. All Saints. I probably would, actually. Yeah. All Saints. Very heartwarming. Here's here's exactly what I thought about. You know how you never know what movies to watch with mom? Yes. This is a movie that... This is a, a holiday movie when the rents are in town. You can throw it up on the TV e- and off you go. Everybody's happy. Everybody's a winner because you saw it and you didn't have to admit like I did that I went to see it in the theater and have everybody make fun of you afterwards, <laughs> and which has happened. And and uh, also, mom thinks you pick great movies. So that's it. All Saints. Thumb up. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website. Resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life. And Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.